0: Welcome to the Take Heart Podcast, where we have conversations around what it looks like to intimately walk with the Father, to know Him, to seek after Him and to become more like Him. Our aim is to explore what it looks like to actively take heart, to be people who are confident in the future, because we know who our God is. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Take Heart podcast. We are over the hill, so to speak. It yes. sounds terrible, though, because it sounds like we're just getting through it. It's it's a great hill to climb. It is. It's a great hill to be on. Um, joining me, as always, Bree. Hello. How hello. are you? Good. Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And Sam. Hello.
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Doing well. I'm, thank
1: I, you. I don't know. I should have said how I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like 11 out of 10 today.
0: Ooh, That's great. Any yeah. particular reason why?
1: No, not at all. Just, um, just my life's completely normal. Nothing new going on at Nothing all. So. New under the sun. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. Okay, that's a lie. But anyway, obviously.
0: <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you're an 11 out of 10. That's, Thank you. That's very, very nice place to be. Um, look, today we're we're talking about forgiveness, which is a big topic to unpack. But um, I think that God has a lot to say about this um, Mm. and a lot of wisdom and instruction found in his word about this as well. Um, We're going to get a little bit personal in this episode today too. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, But yeah, I think it is a challenging topic to unpack, but it's not an impossible reality for us all to walk in. And I think Mm -hmm. I just want to start the episode by saying that, you know, forgiveness, it seems really hard and almost impossible, but it's actually not because of God, you know, to become people who choose to act in love over our own pride or desire to be right or justified, that's actually a God honouring pursuit.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I think just setting it up that way is really helpful for us to think about why we're talking about forgiveness because it is a Mm. worthy pursuit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did some training recently with some staff at school and um, it was about conflict resolution. Oh my goodness. My voice is already. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It's okay. (laughs) It was about conflict. And at the start of the course, they, um, They put the question to us: How do you view conflict? Give us one word that um, comes to mind. And the word that I picked was terrifying. Mm. Um, And I think when I think through things like forgiveness, that's just exactly where I go to. It's just I just don't want to ever, ever come against confrontation. Yeah. Um, And the person I was with used the word opportunity, and I thought, that's a a bet. That's the right answer. Was my first thought. (laughs) Um, It turns out it was. Um, But I thought that's, it's just interesting. So we'll be talking through some of those things of how Mm. to reframe the way that we see conflict and how we Mm. um, can approach forgiveness as well. Mm, That's good.
0: Um, So I think the first question that we should unpack is, you know, God's mercy and how God reveals that he is a merciful God to us because, you know, this whole podcast is about beholding God. And so when Mm. we do behold him, we become more like him. So I think we need to unpack first what that actually looks like.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think the first place we have to start when we think about God's mercy and, and forgiveness is the cross, right? Like it's where God's incredible mercy is displayed. And we look at verses like um, Romans 3 23 for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm. He's so merciful and mm-hmm. he's so loving. Um, he demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and last episode, you know, we were talking about God's unfailing love. And I think that his love. Goes hand in hand with his forgiveness; that they are completely inseparable, and that they are both part of him, um, and that he loves us so much that he just longs for that reconciliation. Like we spoke about that from the beginning of this podcast, that that was his goal with humanity was just to be in relationship with us, Um, and I think that that isn't possible, obviously, without his forgiveness, Um, and then the acknowledgement that we have done nothing to deserve his forgiveness. I think that's incredible. Like we mm. live this life, um, completely forgiven and completely able to have a relationship with our Creator, mm. and it's got nothing to do with us. Mm. It's all because of God, and His love and His mercy. Yeah, and yeah, it's pretty incredible.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for starting it off that way. I think it's re- yeah really important to think about that first, and um, I guess moving forward, um, we know that there's a lot of power in forgiveness. Um, so what is the power of forgiveness for a believer?
2: Mm. Um, I think when we have talking about, talking, <laughs> talking, Christ, talking, spoken <laughs> about forgiveness being freely given to us by God, um, Ephesians 1.4 tells us that, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So he loved us and forgave us even before he created the world. Isn't that wild? Mm. Um, and that he has extended this offer of forgiveness to everyone, um, but right now not everyone is forgiven. Um, it's a bit like it's a bit like it's a gift, right? Yeah. To be to be forgiven. So yeah. if I were to buy you a new car, no, you've just recently Thank got you. a new car. <laughs> what a wonderful gift! <laughs> um, but if I were to give you the keys, yeah, and you not accept them and not take them, the gift is worthless, mm. right? Like you'll never use that car because mm-hmm. I still have the keys. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to take up that invitation. Mm. We going to take up that, um, you know, what's been offered to us. Yeah. That's no, good. Yeah. Um, and the power of forgiveness, I think is extending compassion and love to one another. Um, and we remember when we remember all the things that we've been forgiven for, I mm. think it's suddenly easier to extend that to someone else. Mm. Yeah. Have you experienced that before?
0: Oh man. Yes. I, I started this episode by saying that we're going to get a little bit personal today and i Um, yeah, I, I felt really led to share a bit of my testimony, um, on this episode today. Um, so if, if, yeah, if you've already heard this, you know, praise God that you're a part of it and you've, you know, been encouraged already, but, um, please indulge me as I share this again. Um, so I grew up not really having a relationship with my biological father. Um, my mother met my now dad, my stepdad, um, and married him when I was six. Um, I knew him when I, since I was three, but, um, growing up, yeah, I didn't have a relationship with my biological dad and I, that really, um, made me feel very rejected and, and unwanted, mm-hmm. um, growing up. And I didn't really like unpack that though. I never really talked to anyone about that. I just kind of let that be my own thing that I held onto. Um, and I remember I still had a relationship with his mom. So my grandmother, and I would go and see her. We'd do things in the holidays, horse riding and go to the movies. Mm. It was all very fun. But um, I'll never forget uh, this one, one time that I did meet him. So I hadn't, I hadn't met him my whole life. (laughs) And, um, and I was 11 and I was in the kitchen of my grandmother's house and he was at home. And I just remember like everything in me wanting him to acknowledge me and, Mm. and tell me like how proud he was of me and that. Like, you know, I I wanted to tell him that I did so great in primary school and I was so ready to tackle, you know, high school and all the rest of it. And um, I remember the phone ringing and he just answered it. And I was so overwhelmed with anger that, you know, the daughter that you've never known is standing right in front of you and you're answering the phone, you know. And that was the last time I saw him. That was the last contact I'd had with him. The whole interaction probably lasted not even two minutes. Hadn't oh seen him till then, haven't, hadn't seen him since. And I think I was at that, that age where I was just about to start high school and, you know, with all the pressures that brings mm. and I was broken and I was very bitter and very angry at the world. And praise God that, you know, I think that would maybe shock some people, like f- who mm. I am now, and I, I'm not you know, ashamed to say that. Like I was a really angry, confrontational person. I loved arguments. Mm. I love them, Like give me, give me something to fight about. And I'm, I'm right there with the quick, you know, quick comeback kind of thing. Um, and so I, I think I wore that, you know, like a badge of honor. I, I my dad doesn't want me, so I'm allowed to be angry at the world and let that instruct how I, you know, talk to people and, and interact with people. Mm. Um, and I became a Christian when I was, well, I was raised, you know, going to church, but I didn't really accept Christ into my heart until I was 18 on an impact shout out impact. Mm-hmm. Um, well 17 actually, sorry, I was 18 that year. Anyway, irrelevant details. I was getting sidetracked. And, um, but it wasn't until I was 21 that, um, a friend of mine, he asked me just flat out, he said, you know, if you could see your dad again, you know, this had come after a three hour D late one night as mm-hmm. they normally are. Um, he said, if you could see your dad again, what would you say to him? And I remember every part of me wanting to be like, oh, I hate you. I can't believe what you did to me. I can't believe what you did to my mom. Like, you know, that was what I thought was the right thing to say. But the only words that escaped my mouth were, I tell him that I forgive him. Oh, wow. And I can't explain to you the feeling of complete release of, you know, Mm. 20 20 something years of pent up anger and bitterness just completely gone. And it was like I felt the love of God for me for the first time. And I I knew the love of God, but I know I hadn't felt it like i felt it since because I had released that to him and I was free from that, you know, and it overwhelmed me. I was mm. a broken mess that night um, and have been forever since by the love of God. But this is where the story gets really cool if it wasn't cool already. So I've released this pain. I've released this forgiveness. Let's flash forward to me being 26 um, and I get a Facebook message from my dad. Mm. Mind you, no contact since I was 11. Um, I get a Facebook message from him. Basically he is sent, he's sent these big long paragraphs just begging for forgiveness. You know, I've thought about you every day. Wow. Um, yeah. And I was so thankful that that happened at that point in my life. Mm. You know, hindsight is always a beautiful thing. I think if he'd come into my life when I was 15, 16 and really desperate mm. for that validation from my dad, I think I would have really jumped at that and been all, you know, um, sold out for him, you know, like just so wanting his approval and it would have been so damaging for me as a young woman. But at that point it was so amazing because I was able to give him the forgiveness that he needed, you know, and I was very mature in my response. We ended up meeting up in person. I can't tell you how bizarre it is sitting across from someone as an adult, um, you know, that you share so much DNA with and then mm-hmm. being such a stranger to you. And it was very jarring. But um, the, the conversation really started with him knowing that I was a Christian. And he said, <laughs> this is the coolest thing. He said, I can't understand how any intelligent person would be a Christian, <laughs> would believe in God, sorry. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's, that's where we're at, cool. Um, conversation, you know, talked about everything. And then towards the end of our time together, um, I just said, I, I really need you to know that I genuinely don't harbour any bitterness mm-hmm. or hatred in my heart towards you. And he was like, no, no, that's not possible. I was like, no, truly it is. But the only way that that's not possible is because of God. Yeah. And, and he couldn't, he wasn't. And I said, no, really, truly, it's, it's because of God. And I said, does that make sense? And he said, yes.
2: No, oh, wow. Truly.
0: And I just think, you know, far out, like that whole story led to that moment. God knew mm. that that moment was going to happen where my biological father and I would share that connection mm. and that conversation and he would see hopefully the love of God through me is very broken man and he's made a lot of mistakes in his life. Um, but yeah, that timing was just perfect. And it was only by the power of God that I could extend that forgiveness to him. But what a life changing moment that was for him, you know, to, Mm. to hear that from his daughter that he, he didn't know and he knew he didn't deserve it.
2: Mm. That's amazing. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing that. Yeah, Gosh, thank you. <laughs> incredible seeing God's timing. Absolutely. Through all of that mm-hmm. in God's hand. That's really, really powerful. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Thank you.
1: Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break from our podcast to get to know our host, Bree Bond, a little bit better mm-hmm. with another holiday-themed Fast Five today. <laughs> so, Brie, I... Mm. I'm very intrigued with how people do holidays Mm. because I think it gives you a very good insight into someone's soul.
2: Like holidays, big holidays or?
1: Today we're talking about trips. So you've got like two weeks, you're planning a holiday. Yeah. My question today will be related to such a thing. Okay. (laughs) Um, Question number one, Brie. Destination. Give me one dream destination for a holiday
2: oh alaska
1: <laughs> okay this is amazing okay sorry why what is it i'm not judging
0: i just like i would not have expected like, so random. i love it i thought of the proposal instantly you know the proposal oh, yes. Yeah. yes great watch so that, great that great. the other day yeah. isn't that the best <laughs> oh ryan my gosh ryan reynolds.
1: just a lot of ryan reynolds coming out tonight <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> um okay so can you just quickly say why alaska
2: um, I've just never been there and would like to. Okay. I don't know.
1: Okay. Okay. So my my questions will be follow up questions now. Yeah. Um. fairly necessary. When you go to Alaska, are you staying in a bougie hotel or are you like camping?
2: Camping no, like, in Alaska? Like- <laughs> no, like in, like <laughs> a,
1: you know like a, a yurt, whatever. A yurt. Camping in Alaska. That's good. <laughs>
2: no, I feel like I would be eighty and do like a cruise.
1: Oh, do it. Why are you cruise? waiting <laughs> so long
2: to go to Alaska? <laughs> oh, cause uh, I just feel like it's like an old person thing.
1: Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. 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 So, question three: Do you like activity-based holidays or very restful holidays?
2: Uh, it's. Am I taking the kids?
1: Well, that was going to be question four. <laughs> so,
2: there are pros and cons to both. Okay. Like a theme park, like America RV road trip uh-huh. with the kids would be awesome, or like a rainforest just Scott and I doing nothing would be equally awesome.
1: Okay this is good stuff um, Are we up to question 4? Yeah question 4 Would you prefer to take the kids or to leave <laughs> the kids at home?
2: So the longest that I've been away from the kids is when we've gone to Fiji which mm. has been 10 days mm. so Sorry. and I feel like it was it's for the so Lord nostalgic. and so it, I was able to do it. I feel like I couldn't just go on a holiday without them would miss them
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cute Okay. Last question. Would you prefer to have one really big, really expensive holiday every five years or a like pretty good holiday once a year?
2: Every five years. Yep. I'd like to build up to it. Interesting.
1: Well, Brie, I feel like we've got to know you (laughs) a lot better after Fast Five today. So, thank you. Thanks.
2: Thanks. That was
1: fun. That was, that was great. Anyway, <laughs> holiday themed. You can tell what's on my brain. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: going on holidays.
0: When is that, Soon?
1: Who knows? Uh, we're going to get <laughs> back to our episode. That was the most random one yet.
2: So we know then, sorry, just switching gears, mm. um, that God is the ultimate forgiver um, and the ultimate example of the best way to live, mm. right? I mean, you've shown that, that, that grace and forgiveness that you extended. Um, he showed us, um, I guess, how he forgave, but what, I'm wondering what he says about the why, like mm. the why is it important yeah. to forgive? Well, um, a bit of a
0: jarring verse is Matthew six fourteen to 15, So Jesus says, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Mm. I mean, that's communicating something about the importance of forgiveness and it's a terrifying thought. Mm. If you believe it to be a salvation issue, which thankfully it's not what this, this passage is saying. Um, you know, it's not saying that if you don't forgive other people, then you won't be able to spend eternity with God. Because, you know, we, I think we need to take that passage in light of the whole teaching of the Bible, where, you know, yeah. in John 10, 27 to 28, you know, Jesus says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Like, that's Jesus' words. And he knows that we're his and no one can take us out of his hand. So I just want to preface all of this by saying that and praise God for that. But, yeah. I think what this passage is saying is, you know, um, harboring unforgiveness in our hearts actually keeps us from the fullness of life that God wants for us. That enjoyment of His presence and His power in our lives. Where mm. we've got some like like what I experienced. I had that almost like a block in my heart from not being able to really understand God's power yeah. and His presence in my life because I was indulging the bitterness and the yeah. upset and the anger. I think unforgiveness is just a trap that God doesn't want us to fall into, you know? And when we're born again, (laughs) praise God, by the Spirit, through faith, all of our sins, past, present and future, are forgiven. Mm. But more than this, the perfect righteousness of Jesus is credited to us. Mm. And that's something that we just can't lose because we didn't do anything to get it. It's God's work, not ours, which is Yep, amazing. Very amazing. Um, so you know that's why it's so important to let go of unforgiveness, but then there's so much more to this as well. There's a few reasons. So can you extend on, I guess, this idea why it's so important to let go of unforgiveness?
2: Yeah. Um. So the Word of God says that you know we're for- to forgive one another as Christ forgave you. Yeah. Um. So that's in Ephesians 4:32, um, and that this is the kind of forgiveness that we should pursue. That true forgiveness deals, um with the fullness of the sin or the hurt or the pain in a situation. And um, if we just pretend that nothing happened, mm. then you haven't actually forgiven the person. Mm. Right. You like just you just kind of, it, hope it goes away. Yeah. 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 So confession time. Um, and I would not recommend this for anyone among us who is uh, freshly dating. Um, but we, so Scott and I had dated for three years um, before, so three years before I brought up any major conflict. Mm. Um,
1: That's a long time. That's a very long
2: time. Very passive. Yes, I've come a long way. Amazing. Um, uh, So one night I can remember we were meant to go to the movies with some friends and um, I went to his house to pick him up. That was one of the problems. He didn't have his licence. To pick him up for a movie. (laughs) Scott's getting cold out Um, tonight. No, he is an incredible man. Um, To pick him up for a movie and um, we started talking, drove to the towers parked for a while, kept talking, drove back home and sat at the front of his parents' house and spoke for probably six hours, cried, um, you know, had a really, really emotional evening as I just unleashed three years of hurt Mm. and pain and frustration in a single Mm night. So I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) It was pretty horrific. Um, but it taught us so much about working through conflicts. And I can see mm. now, you know, at the beginning of the episode tonight, I was talking about opportunity and seeing conflict as an opportunity. Now we try and like, we talk through things a whole lot more quicker mm. than leaving things that long. That's good. Um, and so I think the more conflict that you experience, the more, um, God speaks through you. And, mm. um, I guess the more, um, wisdom that you get, um, from him in, in the way that you're able to um, deal with it as well. Mm. Um, and then, you know, despite my, that terrifying night with all of our issues, um, had I held on to all of that and not forgiven him and, and him, me, like not, not all of that was his fault. Um, there's a lot of things that he raised as well. And so had we not forgiven each other, then we would have, like you were saying before, be trapped in that. Mm. And I think it would, it would just eat away at us in our relationship. Mm. You know, that expression, um, is it forgive and forget? Mm yeah i don't think it's true like i don't think it's actually possible um i think you have to acknowledge and address the offense before you can work through it Mm. Uh, but we need to do it all through prayer we need to just pray that god would help us to see conflict as an opportunity that jesus looked upon us he saw that we were in conflict with him and with each other yet through his unfailing love which we talked about in this last episode Mm. and his grace he saw that opportunity to forgive. And he washed away all of that rubbish that we have in our lives. Um, Matthew 18 has a really good biblical model mm. um, that I think would be great for um, anyone going into conflict before you do. Um, and the first, so it's got sort of three steps if you unpack it. And the first one is to go to the person one-on-one and discuss the matter. And then if it's resolved at that point, amazing, that's mm. great, you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not, take one or two people with you and speak with them again same thing if it's resolved great if not step 2 step 3 um seek outside help like speak to a minister speak to a counselor mm. um and then pray through every single step
0: that's good and i really like that idea of bringing everything to the light that's where god delights in the mm. light you know you don't just forget you've you've actually got to acknowledge the offense and move forward in it. Mm. and i really love those those steps thank you i think a really interesting thought about forgiveness today you know, it seems so radical and I think a lot of people see it as very powerless, Um, like we lose some power when we choose to lose the bitterness, mm. like having bitterness helps us to have power over the situation, you know. Mm. But I think if you're forgiving someone else just as God forgave you, that looks like forgiving someone for the sake of the other person and not yourself, mm. which is a very yeah. beautiful very gift. selfless. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's heard a lot of talk about the importance of forgiving someone so that you can be free and so you can heal. And to an extent, I suppose that's true. But if we're to forgive as God forgave us, like think about that. He didn't actually need to forgive us to make himself feel better. Mm. God forgave us because he had compassion on us. And so to remove any burden of guilt from someone else's shoulders is to have compassion on them because, you know, we know how awful that guilt feels for ourselves. Mm. But suddenly when you remember the weight of your sin and the compassion of God and forgiving those sins, well, the offense itself and the hurt that you feel just like fades away in the light Mm -hmm. of compassion. And suddenly you don't want to avenge those wrongs. You know, it's not important anymore. And that's a very countercultural thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, our culture tells us that we should allow them to suffer for what they did for us. Maybe friends even say, oh, you're not even that mad. I'd be so (laughs) like so much more angrier than you are right now. Like, you know, give them the silent treatment. Don't even talk to them. And, you know, I think while our emotions and our heart often do tell us, you know, these sorts of responses are okay, um, the Bible actually actually says in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is deceitful above Mm. all things. You know, our heart and our emotions are very difficult to get under control. So if we just focus on how we're feeling, we actually lose sight of what God is saying and what God wants to do in that situation, you know. Uh, we're focusing on ourselves, our problem. I know that's what I was doing. I was so focused on the pain that I'd experienced and um, just kind of, I guess, wanting sympathy from people. And I just forgot to look up. I forgot to see God amidst that pain. Um, you know, I think, you know, we think we're the highest point and final authority on our lives, but we just need to look up because there's someone greater who's already extended compassion on you. Who do we think we are that to say, you know, what you can or shouldn't do about someone else or why we want to enact our own judgment over someone else it's actually not our place to even do that but we're yeah. not looking up
2: yeah yeah so then if we look up let's look down into our bibles and see what god <laughs> yeah. um actually says about you know the importance of um remembering to forgive mm. um the parable of the unmerciful servant in matthew 18 mm. is a really good place to start um it's a bit lengthy so i might not read it all but there. Um, basically the first part says, you know, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother and sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. In Jesus sense, and Jesus said, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Mm-hmm. And then it tells this story about a servant who um, had this enormous debt to repay with his master. Um, and he said, be patient with me. And the master took, servant, uh, sorry, took pity on him and cancelled it and let him go. Mm-hmm. Incredible um, grace there, right? Yeah. And then the servant goes out and he finds someone who owes him just a little bit of money and he, he doesn't let him go. He doesn't cancel that debt. And so he's had, he's received this huge, yeah. um, you know, gift from somebody and has not passed that on basically. Um, so that was Matthew 18, 21 onwards, if you want to read it for yourself. Um, so the Jewish leaders taught that a person should forgive someone three times. And so Peter probably thought that he was being really generous by saying seven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But Jesus' meaning is clear. It's not about the money. It's, uh, sorry, it's not about the number. Um, it's about the fact that forgiveness should be without limit. Mm. And yeah. Jesus says that, that our forgiveness of a repenting brother or sister cannot be bounded, much like the forgiveness that God grants to sinners. So in other words, we should, we should lose count when we're forgiving others. Mm. Um, and Jesus told this parable, I think, to illustrate um, three important points about forgiveness. The first one is the first servant owed his master an enormous sum of money. So 10000 apparently was the largest Greek number and a talent was the largest coin. I didn't know that before we were researching for this. Um, And this would be the equivalent of millions of dollars today. And then this debt could never be repaid and yet his master forgave him. Mm. Um, So we should always forgive even if the debt is huge. And the second thing is the second servant's debt was really small yet the first servant would not let him go. Totally the wrong attitude, right? Mm. Jesus taught that God is willing to let us um, offer debt that we cannot repay. And so we should then be forgiving others even Mm. if they cannot repay it. Mm. And the third thing is um, that the servant who did not forgive um, was tortured in the end. And so it reminds me of the way that I actually feel when I can't forgive. Mm. You you feel like that bitterness and resentful. And then, you know, you said before, like we end up being the ones that often suffer the most. Mm. Um, So when we think through all of these things and know in our heart of hearts that God's ways best, why do we find it so hard to forgive?
0: I think there are a few different reasons why we do find it a little bit harder to forgive. I think humans have a natural tendency to just want to avoid pain, avoid conflict. You know, we'd rather just run away from it completely. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think our anger over a situation can actually blur our sight and makes it really impossible to see the offence with a true sense of clarity over it. you know, what makes forgiving harder is the fact that it actually doesn't end with seeing the offense for what it is. We've got to own the offense. We've, we've got to admit our hurt and see our part also in the hurting kind of, you know, mm. I'm, I'm sure it went both ways at one point there. Mm. Um, You know, we've, I think we believe that forgiveness hurts us. And then furthermore, it actually helps those who hurt us. Like it empowers the offender, you know, if you forgive it kind of gives them power yeah. over
2: you. Yeah. Like you've lost, like it's this weird battle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, the truth is really quite different. Forgiving an offense uh, actually empowers the offended. Um, it is to a man's glory to overlook an offense. that's what it says in Proverbs 19. it is to mm-hmm. a man's glory to overlook an offense. Forgiving, like we said before, frees us from bitterness. Um, you know yes, forgiving does benefit the offender, but it's so much more than just them getting off scot-free. you know it actually forces them. it forces the offender to deal directly with God because we're no longer standing between God and them
1: mm-hmm. so they'
0: they're, they're they're bringing their stuff to him and we're not kind of causing that to be um, a blockage in the way of that healing Mm. that needs to happen for them. You know, I think there's a lot of myths and and, um, surrounding forgiveness. I think a myth is to forgive someone, um, you're giving them power over you. But Mm. the reality is forgiving others actually demonstrates his power in your life. Right. It's like change that myth. Like another myth, forgiving someone diminishes you as a person no, it demonstrates how the actions of others can no longer diminish mm. you. Like oh, that's so much more powerful than thinking that you're the victim. You know that I've lost this power. These these people yeah. have hurt me. Oh, like no, showing forgiveness shows God's power at work in you, and that yeah. is a, a really beautiful, bright light in this world. Right? You're yeah. you're not diminished by
2: any means. You mentioned the words before countercultural, mm. um, and I think we um, you know that saying when Jesus came to turn the world upside down. Mm um i think you turned the right way up and so like everything that we're talking about yeah. is it like people don't understand why christians yeah. do this yeah um but it's all because of jesus and it's right. all because this is the way that we were actually designed
0: yeah and i i just want to say this as well i think this is a bigger conversation than what we have time for tonight mm. um and what i'm about to say is also a bigger conversation than what we have time for but i do think it's important to mention this that um you know forgiving others means like i think sometimes There is a myth that forgiving others means that we're condoning or minimizing what they did wrong, which is not true. You Mm. know, forgiveness is not about rationalizing it or minimizing the offense, but it is about acknowledging it and calling it out for what it is and then being Christ in that moment, you know, Mm. recognizing who we are as our true selves in him. Mm. Um, So I just wanted, wanted to say that we're not saying forgiveness means Minimizing the offense in in reality, actually, it's calling it out for what it is mm-hmm. and acknowledging yeah. it and doing it doing something with it, right? Yeah.
2: Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay, <laughs> struggling tonight. Um, I think one of the other reasons that we find it so hard to forgive is that forgiveness is often misunderstood. Right? Ephesians 4:32 commands us to forgive others just as God forgave us. Mm. Um, it doesn't add stipulations or conditions. Like I think often we'll say, oh, you know, I'll forgive if they say the right words or if they truly prove that they deserve it. Yeah. Um, But the Bible doesn't say only forgive if they say they're sorry or if they do this. Mm. It says forgive as long as, Oh, sorry, nor does it say forgive as long as they don't do it again. Mm. Um, We don't get a pass because forgiveness is hard, right? Like forgiveness releases the offender from our punishment. Um, And I think that God alone is judge and that we, and that he will settle the accounts, that he's the one, to whom that we can entrust our hurts. Mm. So, you know, he's there right with you every time you have a a situation with someone, keep taking it to him because he he is the one that's, you know, the ultimate judge and comfort, Mm. I think. Mm. Um, And forgiveness doesn't mean that we allow those destructive patterns of hurt in our lives. Mm. Sometimes forgiveness might be a, you know, I will forgive you but I actually need to move on because this relationship's really toxic. Mm. So sometimes forgiveness can look like I need separation. Um, but I think it's all about the heart and it has to keep coming back to, you know, what do you feel that God is mm. saying to you in this moment? Mm. Um, and that we are called to speak the truth in love, Ephesians four fifteen, um, and not to ignore the hurt that other people mm. are either experiencing or causing. That's so true.
0: I think often we find it hard to forgive, forgive because we wrongly measure sin as big or small. We think we have the authority to do that, to measure mm-hmm. sin. Uh, James 2.10 says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. When we view sin through a worldly lens, we actually determine its level. We become tempted to judge the sins of others, but we know that the position of judge belongs, just as you said before, to only one. Mm. It's in Isaiah 33 verse 22. Um, You know, if you don't look up, you're actually tempted to believe that you're the highest point and final authority on everything. And I, I remember that being in New York and looking at the skyline of New York city. Right. And it's just like, it's so tempting to get to like the top of the empire state building and look down and be like, wow, I'm like so high right now. But then like, I I just remember I looked up and there was like one of those like weather spindly things on the top and it's like, Oh, there's still, there's still more like I'm (laughs) not the highest right here. You know, there's, there's more above me. And it was like a bit of a humbling, humbling thing, you know? And I think, if you're looking at the skyline of New York city, you know, if you stand facing all the buildings like that, they're all different heights, you know, some Mm -hmm. are bigger and some are smaller. And I think we tend to view sin in the same way, sin, Mm -mm. different sizes, but God has a top view looking down. And from his view, every building is the same size. And that is how God sees sin. Mm -hmm. There is no sin that's greater than another. So what if we saw sin through his eyes? We would no longer, longer determine what is unforgivable, we would recognize that all sin is forgivable. You know, mm-hmm. we wouldn't say, oh, I, can't, I just can't forgive them. It wouldn't even be a part of our vocabulary.
1: Forgiveness mm-hmm. would be offered
0: because we'd recognize that, you know, all that God has forgiven in our own lives. And I think knowing the freedom that we have in Christ would actually prompt us to choose to forgive other people. It's mm-hmm. a so, really
2: helpful analogy. Thanks yeah,
0: no, it's, it's good to think about it like that. Um, And I think when we're beholding God, again, let's bring it back to the title of our podcast, (laughs) like behold God, because when you do, you're transformed to become more and more like him. Like what Mm. 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18, my favorite verse says, um, you know, we go from one degree of glory to another when we behold him. And that's not our own doing. It's the gift that comes from knowing God and enjoying him. So that hurt and that offense and the pain of it just slips away in the Mm. light of his glory and grace Mm -hmm. and his goodness. You know, I think we're constantly searching for things to fill us. But if we're just looking up, you know, if we're just accepting the invitation that has been so graciously extended to us and we behold the Lord, we find him. And with that, we find who we're supposed to be. And that's a self where it's unnatural for us, where it goes against our nature to not forgive and Mm -hmm. love other people because not doing that is the weirder option. Mm. Yeah. Right. Mm. Because if we think we're supposed to be like Jesus, Yep. That's why it's such a wrestle in our spirit when we hold on to unforgiveness because it's not who we're supposed to be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we're not we're, supposed to do that. So, yeah. oh, no, I know. And if we're, you know, daily connecting with the Lord, then you know, like you can feel God's spirit saying, mm. this is not right. And you yeah. can feel that wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, One more th- reason why it, um it is so hard to, so hard to forgive is that sometimes bitterness has already taken root. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've experienced that where you've, you know, held it on for so long. Um, Hebrews twelve fifteen, 15, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And that unforgiveness leads to bitterness. And then once bitterness takes root, it takes it gets harder to pull up. Um, its roots start to choke out joy and peace as anger and resentment spreads through our lives. And then forgiveness, on the other hand, um, I think it opens the door to healing as well. Mm without forgiveness, we don't heal from the pain that's been caused by others. And then too often we mistakenly think that, um, that we will be able to forgive when we've done some healing. But I think that true healing happens before forgiveness actually takes place. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Um,
0: I think, I, I I think about this a lot, you know, you, you, we actually can't forgive. And I know that sounds so counter to everything that we've just said in this podcast. (laughs) So I've, you know, understand if you want to turn it off now, because it sounds like we're just speaking like nonsense, but you can't forgive, but Christ can. Um, You know, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, the life that you and I live is not our own. It is Christ in us. So your old self, the past version of you just dies when you trust Christ for your salvation. And so, you know, if you take just a moment before you let the old version of yourself creep on in and you take offense over something that someone says, you know, or you, you, you're you tempted to just not forgive that person or, or love them through that situation, I just really encourage you to ask yourself, well, how does Christ see this person?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, see them through his eyes, put your Jesus goggles on. Um, and not your own eyes, you know, and and you can forgive them because it's not you who's seeing them.
2: Mm. That's
0: the biggest thing. If you see them through Christ's eyes, then it's Christ that's seeing that person, and it's Christ that will respond to that yeah. person. Yeah. And why wouldn't we want that? You know, I yeah, yeah. I just I, I'm really touched by this story about Corrie Ten Boom. I'd really love to share this. Um, if you've heard of her, amazing. If you haven't, please uh, get to know who she is. But basically, uh, her and her family sheltered Jews from capture in Holland during World War II. And they were eventually discovered and they were sent off to concentration camps. Corrie never saw her father again and, you know, her sister dies. Um, And it was just days after Betsy, her sister's death, that Corrie was miraculously released. So she's, you know, experienced some some horrible
2: Mm.
0: hardships there. And I think her recount of um, an encounter with the power of forgiveness in her memoir, The Hiding Place, which... It's a beautiful book. You should read it. Um, but this encounter has genuinely changed my life. When mm. I read this, like, I, I probably won't be able to read this for you without crying, but let's, let's try, shall we? Anyway, this is her <laughs> writing in her memoir, The Hiding Place. It was at a church in Munich when I saw him, the former SS man who had stood guard at the shower room door in the processing center at Ravensbrück. He was the first of our actual jailers that I had seen since that time and suddenly it was all there, the room full of mocking men, the heaps of clothing, Betsy's pain-blanched face. He came up to me as the church was emptying, beaming and bowing. How grateful I was for your message, he said, to think that, as you say, he has washed my sins away. His hand was thrust out to shake mine, and I, who had preached so often to people the need to forgive, I kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened from my shoulder along my arm and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered, and this is, this is it guys. (laughs) And so I discovered that it is not on our own forgiveness, any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives, along with the
2: command, the love itself. Wow. I know. But I know. I have goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how honest she is, mm. how it's not anything to do with her. It's, you know, often you hear that those stories of, and they were forgiven. Like something had happened that was horrific and they were forgiven. But you don't see the process of it. You don't see the prayers. You don't, mm. you know, see that intimacy with God. But that's that's really powerful mm-hmm. to know that that's that was all the power of God. Um I think that when we as broken people forgive, you know, we not only see its difficulty, but we do see its true beauty. Because mm. it is the power of God at work in people's lives. Yeah. Um, that will truly transform them. Yeah. Um, And it's often that when we forgive those um, who have wronged us, that we experience that fullness of God's forgiveness for us and the transformative power of his complete forgiveness. Mm. Um, So fix your gaze in view of God's mercy. Um, So what does this mean moving forward? Like how can we, how can our perspective of forgiveness change in view of his mercy? So we were made as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Um, forgiveness that is given to you offers you eternal life and it brings restoration and permission to step into something new. <laughs> and love- yeah. Sorry. No, go. Oh, no. You were just going to say, I love that. I feel I like we say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I love it. But, but that word opportunity just came yeah. back into my mind. Uh-huh. Like, Conflict, forgiveness, like it's all an opportunity to move mm-hmm. into something new. It's oh, so a good. new part of your relationship. You move into this next level of friendship yeah. or next level of intimacy or you know, it's like you build on these foundations. Yes. And everything and you you get stronger and stronger each time you encounter what something. What a beautiful like
0: that. process, right? Mm. Why would we want to reject that opportunity in our lives? Like it's mm. wonderful. Um, and yeah, so just some clothing cloth clothing thoughts. <laughs> just some closing oh. thoughts. Um, you know, it is more aligned with your truest self to forgive someone. Mm. Christ in you is the best part about you. Amen. Right. So I think, how can you be a reflection of him to the world? not a reflection of yourself mm. because we're broken. Why would we want to reflect ourselves back to this world? But him in us is the best part about us. So do more of seeing with his eyes and reflecting him, not mm. ourselves, you know? And, and like what we, we talked about before, it is very difficult to forgive. But I hope, you know, the, the stories that we shared with you tonight, like I hope that that could encourage you that it isn't impossible. Mm. Like it might feel like there's no way that I could release this anger and bitterness. But, but please hear me when I say that it is possible in Jesus. Mm. It really is. You know, maybe in our own strength and for our own motivations, it's impossible mm. um, and it's hard. But when you consider things through Jesus' eyes, everything changes. Mm. So choose
2: to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And then ultimately, forgiveness will always leave a greater mark on you than and the other person than what the offense did. Definitely, it's mm. beautiful. And that mark
0: is hopefully a reflection of Christ.
2: Mm. Jesus shaped. Jesus shaped mark. <laughs> beautiful.
0: <laughs> um, well, we've covered some some ground tonight, and I <laughs> just love to pray for those Mm. listening to this episode um, and those who may be struggling with unforgiveness and some really, um, yeah, some painful hurts there. um, Yeah, i just really love to pray for us all. So Mm. would you join me in prayer? Loving Heavenly Father, uh, God of mercy, um, God of comfort, God of peace, we just give you all the glory for who you are, Lord. The fact that you meet us in our darkest moments, Lord, but you don't leave us there, Father. Thank you that you call things out into the light, God, and you delight in that place. And, Lord, thank you that you empower us through your Holy Spirit to see things as you see things, God, um, to forgive as, as we have been so forgiven, to love as we have been loved, Father. Thank you that you command us to love our neighbour as ourselves, God, that we know what that looks like because we know the love we've received in you, Father. Help us to have eyes, God, to seek you more and more, Father, And help us to have hearts that are so open to your convicting work in and through us for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. And so that people on this earth may see more and more of Jesus, God. Mm. Help us to put aside our our hurt and our pain, Father, and instead pick up your peace and your love, which just reigns over all, God. Um, Help us to be people of peace, to be peaceable people, Father, because um, we know that you delight in that space, Father, um, and ultimately lord would our lives be a reflection of your goodness and your Mm -hmm. love god um thank you for the opportunity (laughs) thank you for the opportunity to to grow with people um to walk with people and ultimately share jesus with people father because we know that that is a life-changing message father Mm -hmm. and it has the power to to truly break chains that have been holding us for for so for so long perhaps god And, and so we thank you that you see all things you know all things you are the great judge over all things father and we don't have to prove anything god we just need to come and sit at your feet and just dwell in your goodness and reflect on your beauty and your majesty father and everything else grows so dim in the light of your glory and your grace and we just thank you for all these things in the name of jesus christ our lord and our savior amen we know that to take heart to be encouraged and to seek a new thing is a personal pursuit We want to encourage you that you are not alone in that pursuit. We believe that because of who our God is, we can actively seek him and see what he is doing. And when we do this, things start to shift. Our hope for you is that you would embrace this process of becoming and allow our God to continue to grow you into all he is calling you to be. And that you would have eyes to see what he is doing in this generation.